0: Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. I'm Dave Detman, also known as Dr. Get. I've got a new podcast called The Big Idea. And every week I talk to inventors and visionaries who made it big in their respective industries. We'll tackle weekly trending tech, provide inside tips for your success, and go deep dives on the latest and greatest innovations. And I know you're going to love this part. I'll also have plenty of free giveaways. Who doesn't love free stuff? So listen to and follow the Big Idea with me, Dr. Gadget, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to get an update on uh, Bill's garage. We're going to talk about the Rimac. We're going to talk about a new Lincoln EV coming out. Uh, a whole lot of stuff. But before we get started, here's. Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renter's coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus... Add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the motorator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. What's up, buddy?
1: uh it's just uh going back and forth with this uh and my garage project <clears throat> that's why I'm a little tired
0: yeah right well the garage project is moving along if you guys are getting good weather um the the roof was going in the walls were going up exterior walls to just to make it an enclosed building our- yeah.
1: It's pretty enclosed. Uh, I'd say 90%. I mean, we've, we've been, I just, this is like a broken record, but we're still waiting on, you know, roofing material. So it's 99% done. Yeah. We'll drive the whole building in, but you know, the flooring's going up, man. So, I mean, I have to take these little small wins, uh, and forget about the losses along the way. And uh, truth be told, the biggest, the biggest, um, uh, Event that's happened at the garage as of late is—you may not like this, but um, obviously, moving from California, I need a sound room. In it would be nice if I had a sound room in my garage, but it would also be nice now that I live in Texas to have a gun room in my garage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I'm going. I've been going back and forth about trying to. Both trying to make you know so
0: so wait now um, you uh, we talked about doing like a small podcast studio but now you're thinking walk in gun safe
1: it's it's a good size it would be a great walk in safe right yeah so the the reality is like I said you know over the past two years we've been able to do these Zoom things and I've been able to do. Do, I've been able to do auditions. I've been able to do everything via that medium, right? And it's been quite fun not to be in a dedicated sound studio. So why not do it in a gun room?
0: Well, why couldn't it be both? I, you know, why, you know, like I, I, I got to think about this for a second. But uh, uh, Chris has some experience of this. But Chris, why couldn't we make a sound podcast studio that's also a gun safe? Like we got shit on the walls here anyway. Why not just put weapons?
1: Exactly. So it, it can be done, on the edit, right? When it's when it's when it's a uh, a, uh, a sensitive subject, I. I Rig it to where you know a wall panel comes down and it covers all the guns up, and it'll be just a podcast or a a sound sound studio, whatever you want to say. Anyway, that's the dilemma with me moving to Texas. Yeah. You know, now that's a now that's a question. Prior, it would have already been done. It wouldn't even.
0: Well, I mean, mind. here we can have like monitors and stuff behind us to show up different logos and things like that. -hmm. And a monitor in front, right? So I can see you. But there's other walls. There's other walls where you can just, you know, Mm -hmm. make some cases and do some things like that and put all of the guns and whatever else you want to put up there. It doesn't have to be in camera view all the time.
1: Exactly. And so, from he who knows (laughs) what altering a plan can be like, you can only imagine what I'm going through right now, trying to, you know, because a, a gun room's cinder block walls. Right. Well, I've already been framed for the sound room. So yeah, yeah. there has to be I have to take a hard right turn if I'm going to do what I'm wishing to do. But, uh, you know, everybody's got their own problems. I'm just telling you, that's mine, right? now. So,
0: Well, you know, there's there's other ways to make the room pretty secure. I don't know if it has to be block. Uh, There are some ways to probably... Do something in the walls as you're framed. You oh, yeah. Once they're framed up, and before you put the windy. drywall on, and then you you um we have some sound deadener in here, but not everything is sound. Obviously, we have screens and we have the wood paneling and stuff behind me, right? So it doesn't here's, just have to be like egg crate sound deadener everywhere. You can make it really nice.
1: True, but here's the biggest problem: it's 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 mostly windows.
0: It's it's mostly windows. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, you know i I still think there's some ways i still think there's some ways to do it like what are you doing in the ceiling and lighting and and because i'm looking at you know i'm looking at the engineering booth where chris is there there's windows there there's a there's two windows on the engineering booth there's one two three four five five monitors in here you know plus a window in the door and the monitors are essentially the windows you know it's yeah security, right? and so security
1: the glass is not the same as the tempered glass that that you know you you can load with now there's a product out where you press a button and you'll have a black screen that goes down within your glass right yeah that it dark that it darkens. yeah yeah right? but all that costs a little
0: bit of money it costs a little right? bit of money <laughs> so
1: it's just adding a you little know, bit to of the money. plywood yeah. increase It's adding that it's just that's all you know
0: I look for do it. For for a long time on and I don't know why I follow this, but I'm I'm better, very interested in this this topic. For a long time, high-end builds in California and Las Vegas, uh people would be building homes with a panic room. Mm-hmm. And then over the past several years, that's evolved. People are like, we don't want a panic room. We want a panic house, which means mm-hmm. the house now is Thicker doors and and multiple like hinges and locks and security and bulletproof glass throughout the entire house. So the idea of making a room look like a normal room, but have just in that room uh, reinforced walls, reinforced door, bulletproof glass or some sort of level of security glass. Uh, it's all possible. Now, I agree, making a small room is far cheaper than making an entire panic building, if you will, a panic house. But that's, been, that's been the thing, the panic house.
1: <laughs> yes, but here's another option. You could do a panic pod, or you could do a walk-in safe. And I, there they come in sections. I've already priced them all out. Yeah. Then you have to... So the one that I really like is seven feet tall, eight feet wide, and 12 feet long. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's so good. Time now
1: I have to now I have to uh, subtract that from my floor space within the garage because it's not going on the second floor. The thing weighs you know unbelievable amount. That's right. So yeah. so now I just have to decrease my footprint in the garage as far as free space. And where is that going to be? Where can that fit? So these are the dilemmas that I'm.
0: Well, and the problem with but... the safe, I would imagine, would be. It's not meant to go in and sit in. It would it would need air and, and in and out and it'd be meant to store stuff. You open the door, you walk in, you store shit in there, mm-hmm. you walk out. Right. You couldn't like go in there and close the door and sit in there. It's not normally designed for that. It would have oh, to be they a, have those. They have yeah, those it would too. have to be something designed for that, like a like yeah. an actual panic room, if you will. A panic they closet. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah.
1: Eighty nine um, grand. I think for the size i'm looking for so yeah i mean it's yeah. just it, you, well, there are options
0: well I'm here's the saying, here's the good news is almost everything has been done already at least so you can you can shop around to companies that specialize in this thing and have them go yeah yeah we know what you're talking about we've done something like this before right oh, Yeah. if you have to invent Absolutely. the process then it's very expensive but oh my god uh, yeah. oh, no question and And then if you don't have to invent the process, it's just regular expensive.
1: (laughs) Okay. Here's an option. I get a, I get a shipping container Yeah, because they, they sell, they sell 20, 20 and 40 foot shipping containers that are, that are indoor ranges that are air conditioned, heated, that's right. Ventilated everything. Right. So there is that option. Now the problem with that option is if you put a, a shipping container, even though it may be finished on the outside next to the garage that I'm building, that looks quite futuristic. I mean, you're going to defeat the purpose of the aesthetic of one versus the other, right? It I mean, does. I'm going to get it to my garage.
0: Yeah, it does. But there's some really, really creative, uh, a uh, shipping container builds out there. I, there's even an entire Instagram account, uh, cause I follow architecture as well. That's all like container builds. And in, in Venice Marina area, uh, there's a they just rebuilt an entire like little office complex. Mm-hmm. I say little, but probably five or six thousand square feet, two levels, and it's all shipping containers. Like some of the mm-hmm. shipping containers are the entire wall is gone and it's all glass windows. Then there's regular doors and there's like a catwalk bridge going up at the top. Well, you, can, you can trick them yeah. out any way
1: you want. I yeah. Mean, it's,
0: Look it's at, just- uh, it- uh, 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 Ken Block's uh, building in, in Utah, where his, you know, where his car collection is and his office is and everything there, he has a giant warehouse. And the, within the warehouse are all shipping containers to build the offices and all kinds of things. So you can finish them however you want. But yes, you're basically using that steel shell, in your case, as the level of security that you need. But mm-hmm. you can hide the inside and the outside. You can do what you want and take the doors off and do your own kind of doors. You know, so you don't have to swing that big stupid metal door with the latch that, you know, like on the back of a truck. You can do something completely different. I'm a fan of that, by the way, because I do like I do like the shipping container architecture. I think some of that stuff is pretty cool. I think we've got here, uh, Adam's got, I don't know, at least three, maybe four of the 20-foot ones. Um. And we just had to move them because we're repaving the lot. And uh, Sean over there has got them stacked. He's got uh, like shipping containers on top of shipping containers. I think I think there's four. I think there's two and two, like two stacked on top of the other right now, and the twenty foot ones. And then there's another one sitting there. And then he's got shit stacked up on top of that because we ran out of space. So up on top is like cars. Now it helps that Sean, being Sean, uh, owns like a crane truck. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forklifts and a crane <laughs> truck. And, and yeah, he's, he's gotten very creative with, with what he's uh, done over there. But I'm um, I'm a, I'm my, a fan love, of that architecture. My whole
1: point of this was I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, as anyone does, and you pointed it out to me many a time, that any alteration, you know, is time and money. And I, that's where I am right now. And it's only just begun. I haven't finished on – there's no finish on anything in the garage yet that you know is you see the speedy work and then it comes to a screeching halt and then it's all about the details yeah that's where i am
0: yeah well i mean an interesting thing would be you know the 20 foot shipping container if there's room you put it in the garage, and you have this office within an office, which, you know, in my little warehouse, because I told you it was rented, I just got like a gazebo, like with walls, like a like a winter kind of gazebo that somebody in the Midwest would put in their backyard, mm-hmm. and strung some lights in it, and I used it as sort of, I used it as an office. I sit in it every day, and mm-hmm. computers in there, couches in there, TVs in there, uh, but the doors and the walls are open now, but I can close them, right? Well, there's a shipping container version, right? You know, you could put a couple of windows in it. You can change out the doors. You can decorate it a little bit and and kind of uh, figure out how you want. Or you could do a version of it, like you said, outside that connects to the building.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I'm thinking about putting it inside, I'm, I'm about to throw up because, <laughs> you know, I I did this open structure to have. As much open space as humanly possible, and it's all going to be, you know, very finished. And I look to my right, and there's a <laughs> there's a shipping container inside. So, I mean, I, yeah, you know,
0: but look, you gotta you gotta Google I, Ken Block's uh, I, garage yeah. and uh, and see what because he's you know. We're thinking twenty foot long shipping container with the doors at the far end. You can cut out the long end and the whole like an entire front. You know, the entire side of it is like a step up, two steps up, kind of an entrance. You know, with glass and whatever, and sliding doors, and 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 then now you you're putting the shipping container up against the wall. And the entire front side is open, but you've got your steel on the top, steel on the side, steel on the bottom, steel on the back wall, and now you're just addressing a, a long wise, long ways uh open wall, right? So it it would could it feel it would feel kind of open. I don't
1: know. Maybe
0: yeah.
1: I don't know what to do. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. anyway, let's,
0: well, let's get on talking about cars. Yeah, let's let's get oh, into God. some some more Uh, some, some more stuff, but, uh, we took a little road trip out to, uh, Chris's wedding to Palm Springs. We road tripped in the Cadillac Escalade. A lot of people have been asking me about the Escalade. The, the new Escalade has the big screen in it. That's, it starts kind of a small little screen, like on the left side of, of the driver and then the gauge cluster screen. And then the infotainment screen, I think it's like 38 inches long, uh, it it worked well it worked fantastic as you're getting into that vehicle and driving it and spending some time you're like they did a pretty nice job with integrating that screen without you know going that the way of like just tacking on the giant like ipad onto the dash like this is a very nice integration of the whole thing i thought i thought the thing ran it ran great it was smooth this one was the sport model with the air suspension um, you know, so you can tell when it's going up and down, or if you're loading stuff in the back, uh, three row, but with the second row captains' chairs. Um, you know, the front seats, heated and cooled, massage seats, multiple versions of the massage, different settings. Uh, it was it was nice. I'm telling you, it was a uh, Escalade, and you know, for me, it's a little on the large side, but uh, <coughs> but it was a. Uh, it was fantastic to drive. It looked great. So we got this great dark color. It's kind of a dark, like metallic gray, almost a blue gray. It wasn't straight up black, but it had all the blackout trim and the blackout grill. And I was like, it was just enough to not just make it solid black. It really looked good. It was really kind of sharp. Um, just the only trouble I had was the the power lift gate in the back. Uh at some Is point. No, I, no, you can adjust that. <laughs> uh, I, the motor in it just, uh, at some point stopped working. So it, it took me a minute. We couldn't open the back hatch. Uh, you can, you know, you double click the key fob and it opens and then it will close. It wasn't doing that. Um, so we were, you know, when we got the palms, we were crawling through the back to get to the luggage. And, when you get to the the rear of the vehicle, there's a button and it opens the glass, right? Which is okay, not for me because I still need a step stool to get into that glass. But <laughs> uh, but you're like, how do I open the damn door? And it's the Cadillac logo. You have to push the bottom of the logo to get the door open. Now again. Pushing the bottom of the logo, the door didn't automatically open because the motor was somehow screwed up. But mm. if you push the bottom of the logo and then got your finger under, you know, and pulled the hatch open, we were able eventually to figure out that's how we can open it. And you can hear it fighting against the motor. It's like, eh, you know, and you got to put some pressure on it to to close it. So, we, you know, eventually we figured out. So it was only like when we got to the hotel and we were in a rush, I was like the luggage is trapped. It was like, we have to crawl through to get to it. Uh, but aside from that little cork, I'm sure it's just an easy fix, warranty issue. Uh, but I like it. And I get they do the, I don't know, ESV version, the long the long wheelbase version. If you want a big-ass, uh, you know, truck that's not a pickup truck, you want a big-ass SUV, uh, that thing is pretty nice, you know?
1: Suburban-ass?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of feel like what we've done you know what we've seen of the past few years like the difference between Lincoln and Ford and Cadillac and Chevy or GMC or whatever mm-hmm. they've they've definitely stepped up the game separating the brands the luxury level that you get in a Lincoln Aviator versus the you know Ford Explorer is a significant increase Um, And it seems to be that way for the Cadillac as well. Now, I don't know specifically between the the Cadillac and the Chevy if they make any other um, mechanical differences like suspension and stuff, whereas um, I was told Lincoln does, right? The suspension on the Lincoln Aviator, for example, is a bit different than the, uh, the Ford Explorer, and it's meant to be a smoother ride, a, you know, a little bit a little bit different, more of a luxury vehicle, right? Which is why the Explorer, they just did the, you know, sort of the off-road version of it because it, you know, they can do it to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But listen, I, I'm, I'm a fan of it. You know, there's a lot of cross shopping between like big Range Rover and, and Cadillac Escalade. I would say Escalade is, is, is on point for a lot of people. I think it's on point. I mean, I, I did because it looked almost black and it was, pretty big size i did notice like a lot of cadillac escalade uh i don't want to say uber but uber drivers or just drivers
1: where where your uber hat while you were driving.
0: yeah so i got a lot of like you know thumbs up from dudes passing you and, and you can see they've got this st- out here in california we got the sticker on the bumper that shows that they're you know they're like a licensed driver you know like a like a black car driver what yeah so I got a lot, like, a lot of like, hey, thumbs up. Like, hey, I'll let you go ahead and get in there. I know you got a job to do as well. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, like I, I appreciate it. Uh, hey, is that your that's, kangaroo? That's my view. What is that? The, the, he's not a real kangaroo, right? He's a What do you marsupial? mean It's a wind-up
1: kangaroo? No, the, a,
0: yeah, but he's got a name. He's like marsupial or something, right? <clears throat>
1: they're all marsupials.
0: I don't know. I don't know the difference between them, but he's got a kangaroo on his porch. Bill just yeah. moved his camera around and kangaroo sitting on his porch.
1: Show you what I'm looking at. I mean, it's not like the normal. <laughs> What's up, Rufus? Um, his name's Rufus.
0: Rufus, which I thought was a good name for him. Is he trying to get in? Is he snooping around? It's like what? No, he's just out
1: on the porch eating stuff on the, on the tiles. Oh, no, he just took a shit. <laughs> there you go. Now tails dragging in it. Oh, and he's there. You go. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why in he's way. not living in the in the house. Anyway, that's that's the, my thoughts oh, on
1: the uh... in the back. I got the garage build, so yeah, it's um, maybe I should just turn it around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You know, when the storm rolls in, Wanda's going to be like, there's a lot of space in this garage. There's a lot of cold animals outside. <laughs> oh, no, they're
1: already taken care of. We've got heaters. <laughs> we've got barns and all kinds of stuff. Are you kidding me? I took care of that first, so that wasn't the
0: case. So that wasn't the case. Yeah. Actually, the barn looks fantastic. Um, well, speaking of Lincoln and uh, New York Auto Show coming up, um, lots of things are being debuted, concept cars, production cars. Uh Hey, hey, before you get into that, can you
1: please talk about the Uber that that kept taking off from the cop? I, I you didn't, had this video.
0: No, I didn't see the video the Uber, yet.
1: Uber, it was an autonomous vehicle.
0: Oh, I did hear about it. I didn't. I didn't see the video of it yet. <laughs>
1: please, please, you have to see it because <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. It's like someone's in the background uh, with a remote in their hand, and when, you know the cops trying to pull over it, it takes off every time. It's hilarious. So I, I just had to talk about the autonomous joke for the
0: week do do <laughs> so what happened the autonomous car got stopped by a cop and then yeah and I guess it didn't the really... cop goes up
1: and it didn't really stop it just kept taking off <laughs> it would stop and then they try to go up to it or secure it or something and it just kept off.
0: So it sounds like it was so it was like a Chevy Cruze. Uh was it a Chevy? Well, Cruze is the name of the it was a little little tiny car, but maybe it was like a bolt. But uh Cruze is the name of the company and I guess the car was driving without headlights and uh cops pulled it over. Chris is showing us the the video. I guess a cop went up to it and then it drove it drove away and then is it stopping again? Is it it's stopping again? <coughs> and of course the company's saying that's oh, it's human error. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: I just thought it was funny, and the people that hadn't seen it, I knew you could report on it better than I could. So expect. this company,
0: Cruise, is owned by General Motors, and I guess they've been doing some some testing with this thing. Not uh, enough. It, it says, our EV yielded to the police vehicle, then pulled over to the nearest safe location, as it's supposed to do, right? The officer uh, contacted Cruise personnel, and no citation was given, but I, I don't know. But I guess he did... They didn't really there wasn't a lot from GM going, hey, why did our car drive away and why was it so (laughs) hilarious? (laughs) Because I think people saw the cop pulling over this car and then realized nobody was driving it.
1: I just thought it was quite fun.
0: Yeah. Look, there's gonna be there's gonna be quite a bit of that in the future. There's gonna be quite a bit of that
1: foreshadowing.
0: Yeah. They blame it on human error. What human? The cop? (laughs) Uh, All right. Anyway, so what we've got is uh, Lincoln's teasing a new EV. Uh, I believe it's a concept vehicle that they're saying will show a lot of their intention for future vehicles. It could be some design elements, some power elements, whatever. Uh, That's going to be on April 20th. You're going to be seeing seeing that. And this is kind of interesting because when Ford initially made their investment into Rivian, they didn't really have an EV platform. And I believe Rivian was supposed to be the EV platform for Lincoln to roll out under Lincoln vehicles. And then the EV team at Ford, I think based out of Europe, we spoke – to the guy, Palmer, I think his name is. Um, cool guy. Giant guy. It's like 6'5". <laughs> giant guy. Uh, very nice. And he and his team started working on like Ford Lightning and some EV platforms and it seemed to be going well. So then they said, listen, we we love the Rivian investment. We wish them the best. We decided not to use their vehicles for, for any of ours. And it's fine because you know, Ford made billions of dollars on their stock and blah, blah, blah. So now he's got
1: the technology.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, there, look, there's, there's probably some tech sharing there. There's, you know, camaraderie between the brands. <laughs> I, I don't think that's really the issue. Um, but I, I would imagine Lincoln is now going to be based a lot off of what, Ford corporate has learned off of the Ford Lightning and the 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 Transit the electric Transit truck which uh I think is rolling out as well so a lot of lot of thought on there um but you know listen uh Lincoln needs it I think you know again their first vehicle is going to be a, a, an SUV or some sort of SUV type vehicle uh, we're also going to see Maserati, Maserati Gran Turismo. I always thought the Gran Turismo was a really sharp looking car. The two-door coupe, it had that great sounding, you know, of V8, sort of this Ferrari partnership V8. Anytime you hear one on the road, you're like, that car sounds good. You know, it's a very pretty car. It sounds good. Maybe not the best quality car <laughs> you could buy. There might be a few maintenance issues with it. But Maserati, I think, realizes that it's the look of that car. It's the the idea of that sort of sport, luxury, GT uh, version of the car, which the brand has really been built on. They want to do an EV, and they've been testing an EV in Italy. And what's cool about it is, is it kind of looks like the Gran Turismo. It's got the long nose you know, long hood setback cockpit, it's got a real kind of GT look to it. Um, it, it has whatever sort of grill treatment, fake or whatever, but it really has the look of it. It's not just, you know, a body colored blanked out face in the front, right? Uh, it, it has something that kind of shows, uh, the style of, you know, like the grill is so iconic on the car, the mouth of that car. And, uh, you know. Well, they'd be
1: ridiculous to turn their back on their their faithful, you know, followers. You know, they have to carry something over. That's the that's the biggest key with all of these manufacturers in the hybrid and the the EV market is carrying over that you know long lasting tradition of the previous vehicles aesthetically.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree, and it needs to perform right. It doesn't need to be the fastest thing in the world. It's a GT car. It's not you know, it's not a supercar by any means, but uh, they're saying their their top of the model EV Grand Turismo could have 1,200 horsepower from three electric motors. So awesome. yeah. this is well, getting I mean, interesting. Again,
1: <laughs> again, look at the market. Look at who they're competing with. Also, right? Yeah. And look at the, look at the ease of getting those numbers out of electric motors. So why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I agree. They said they could do a a gas-powered version, but it would would come from a V6. But that's still interesting because we talked about Stellantis having the two new uh, twin-turbo V6 engines, the 400 horsepower and the 500 horsepower. And again, that's Stellantis' two offerings of that engine in its kind of turnkey trim. Maserati could take the 500 horsepower version, put it into this car, you know, start dialing in the program and this could end up, you know, somewhere around 500, 520, 580, you know, it could pretty, be a pretty nice, uh, you know, pretty nice V6 option as well. It'd be pretty, pretty Pretty funny.
1: You're saying those numbers with a V6 option and we're scoffing at it when, you know, years ago we'd be like, man, that's. That's pretty damn cool. We're still there. I, I mean, mad. it... No numbers compared to uh,
0: Like, the, the Escalade I was just driving is a V8 <laughs> with 420 horsepower. My my <laughs> Mustang Mach ones a V8 with 480 horsepower. We're talking about a V6 with 500 horsepower, awesome. right? Like, yeah, it's those are great power numbers now keep in mind hey yeah it's not a 1200 horsepower ev but the ev is three electric motors a big battery significant weight uh you know the these v6 engines um are supposed to be lighter weight i believe all aluminum uh you know you're going to have fuel and you know other components but i would say i would i would guess the EV version of the of the Grand Turismo would be about a thousand pounds more than the gas engine version. Mm-hmm. You know, Battery. so Battery. you know maybe half the horsepower, but a thousand pounds lighter mm-hmm. overall. So if you want like the quicker around town, you know, uh, maybe the the more nimble, quicker handling around the track version, probably the gas engine version. But if you want the brute power. And an EV, then you, you go with the EV version, right? Because I'm sure yeah. that, listen, the, you want to drag race that thing. That 1,200 horsepower EV is going to be a blast. <laughs> it's going to be a a, a a trip for sure.
1: Speaking of 1,200 horsepower, I saw some latest news on Lucid. Yeah. Um, The figure that jumped out at me was that, you get like 80% charge in 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, but
1: or over 300 miles.
0: But you need you need a massive charger and lots of power on that charger, right? When I was at my at my warehouse now and something I'm sure you're going through or will be going through. In my warehouse that I'm renting I had the guy come in and wire up a couple outlets and things like that and, a, you know, a, a a 240 plug for the air compressor. And I said, hey, I, I've got ai got a, a plug on the wall, the, the 240, and I want to make it work at some point so I can just plug in an electric car, right? Just the, you know, I don't want the 110 outlet. I just want or the one, you know, the, the normal plug. I just want, you know, the 240, and he came in and he said well looking at the wires that are in here and looking at uh, the 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 fuse box looking at the whole thing he goes well the, you know the most we can do is you know 35 amp or something like that and i was like mm-hmm. uh, okay he goes until we'd have to start rewiring a bunch of stuff and it would start to get more expensive and he said what do you what do you want to do are you plugging in like a Ford charger or a Tesla charger or uh, just the the 240 outlet with the generic like any electric car kind of charger and I said well because of the different cars we drive, I was thinking more like the 240 and plug it in you know sort of the universal plug that can go into pretty much all of those cars you know or the cables come with the cars right and it has the 240 plug into the wall. And he's like, well, you're probably not going to get more than like a, you know, 40 amp or something in here anyway. Like getting into even to the the 50, 60 amp because we just don't – the building doesn't have the wiring infrastructure to to support it. So the scenario that you're talking about would be, yeah, would require some rewiring on the property and bringing that amount of power in. So Mm. listen, at some point, you will end up with – probably seems reasonable, get some sort of cool EV or hybrid or plug-in hybrid, and you will want to plug in an electric car. And, but in
1: months or a year, they're going to have a completely different system.
0: Right? right. But what as you're building your garage, you want to tell that electrician, somewhere I'm going to do an electric car. I don't want to argue with over thirty-five amps versus two or three times that. Just like give me the
1: most I can get. Like yeah, yeah.
0: just you know what, just, you know, you know at, since we're bringing in cables from scratch, let's go ahead and overbuild it a little bit, you oh, know, yeah. because what if we do two cars? What if we do one car? What if we, you know, because we, you know, being a Dodge guy. You know, we we heard from Dodge like, hey, the next line of muscle cars, SRT cars, are going to be EV or hybrid or something, gas engine and electric motors, or you know, and that's going to evolve to plug-in hybrid and and yeah, you're going to have to plug that shit in.
1: <laughs> is that the hydrogen 800 horsepower hybrid thing? Yeah, so is? we don't
0: we don't really. That was
1: fools. just take that take.
0: That. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that oh, we're going to be. I don't know that we're going to be getting that. Uh But yeah, you know, it's a thought as you put that garage together. You know, so, so I know what? my limitations are. are.
1: You kidding me? I'm already thinking about loca- switch locations. You know, everything on the floors, uh, you know, con- constantly on. Everything else is on a the switch. There's so many details, and you know you're going to overlook five or six of them after the thing's completed, and just hit yourself in the head and go, "Why didn't I think of that?" But
0: yeah, uh, look, <clears throat> you, you try to get as far as you can, and then. uh you kind just of take try it there.
1: to get the big hurdles, you know, jumped over, and everything else can be altered, you know, later on. Yeah, so, like, that's that's the thing.
0: I did you get a chance to see the uh, the video that Rimac put out? Uh, I did not. Okay, so Rimac is getting closer. They got the electric supercar, mega car, hypercar. I don't even know what the adjectives are these days, but it's the top of the food chain. Uh, they're claiming it'll be the the fastest production car. You know, we we've been interested because this young guy that um either was like a protege of Koenigsegg or somehow worked with Koenigsegg, and he was like super smart guy, love Rimac, love what he's doing. Um, knows him well. Uh, and then this young entrepreneur ends up doing a deal with Porsche and Volkswagen to essentially acquire Bugatti. Uh, So now he's running Rimac and Bugatti and, and seems to be, you know, at least in the press releases, his idea overall is, is impressive. He's like, well, Bugatti and Rimac may share some technologies, but we're still going to make different cars. We're not going to take the Rimac and badge it a Bugatti. Like Bugatti is one thing, Rimac, something else. Like these need to be different. And, uh, and full steam ahead with, with these companies. It seems impressive. So, the, uh, the Rimac Nevera is the newest vehicle. This is when we, I don't know, months ago, we showed like some initial testing. <laughs> they were hitting some 0 to 60 uh, testing on it. 1,914 horsepower. Uh, the car is going to be... They're saying it's 99.9% done or 99% done. They're just doing some final testing, cold weather testing. So the... They went out and they put together this nice little video, few minutes, and it's got a little this documentary thing going on. Here's a talking to the engineer and talking to the engineer, and you know we're bringing it out and into the snow and we're gonna test it, and and uh, the engineer's like, well, it's not cold enough, so we're gonna do it at night where it's really cold, like fifteen below zero or something, and uh, and then the last like minute. Okay minute and a half of the video is just the Rimac just drifting through the snow and just flying through and just tearing it up. And uh, it's pretty cool to see it uh, um, and see it quiet. Like, you know, obviously it's an EV. Uh, it just seems like a really cool kind of impressive vehicle. They're going to start building this car at the end of the year. Productions limited to 150 units. I, I don't really remember what it's gonna cost. It's gonna be like two million bucks or something, but uh
1: looks yeah, like listen, a Porsche.
0: I mean it kinda has it has a little bit of old school Konos-Egg in it. It's got some kind of new school Porsche supercar in it. Yeah.
1: Uh rear end looks like a Corvette.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, but you know, every time I talk about the C A Corvette to somebody, they say, "Hey, it looks like a McLaren or it looks like the the NSX." I was like, "Yeah, we're getting a lot of that, right?" Yeah. There's only so much we can do in the wind tunnel before everything starts to kind of look the same. Uh, but I well, think.
1: Chasing the same numbers,
0: right? They are. They're just chasing kind of the same numbers. But this thing seems impressive. I'm sure it's going to be amazing to, to drive. I want to say the zero to sixty is going to be under two seconds. You know, all wheel drive. I mean, this is this is like painfully fast. Like <laughs> like eyes in the back of your head. You know, tough to 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 swallow. Like feel it in your chest. Kind of acceleration for a street car. Uh, yes.
1: I, I, I told, did I tell you my buddy, Matt Kutcher, the stunts and special effects guy on Spectrum special effects.
0: Uh, you've he, mentioned oh, it before. Yeah.
1: Over the past five or six years, he's, he's jumped into the McLaren world. So each and every year or each and every model, he jumps up to the latest and greatest. Now his sons also are in the business and they, they run certain factions of the stunts and special effects company with a number of shows, you know, being juggled at once long story short hit one of the sons got the the newest tesla plaid
0: yeah whatever. Plaid, sure so fast
1: <laughs> and matt currently owns the 765 lt mclaren yes. right it's the top of the food chain he's he just drove in the plaid and he said it almost made him throw up and he said <laughs> it's it's a completely different experience than is you know unfortunately than his mclaren right um, and it's, it's, it's fast.
0: It, no it, it is. And if you remember back, Alistair brought up a good point when they were doing the testing all day in those cars, when we, get, when we get into a vehicle and we're launching and we're going that fast or throwing it around the track, because we've done this so many times, we associate that kind of performance and speed with a particular soundtrack. And exactly. without that soundtrack, it, it's kind of nauseating. Like it's, you're focused th- on the pain. Yeah, this there is,
1: is no immediate pleasure that you're hearing. So you're just concentrating on the fact that I'm about to throw up.
0: I, you know, people get sick s- quite often on roller coaster rides, mm-hmm. and I wonder if the amount of people that got ill, if that number was decreased slightly by a significant margin—ten percent, fifteen percent if the roller coaster had like a like an engine soundtrack to it. Right? Because first of all, not everybody has the opportunity to go that fast in a mm-hmm. in a car or do a track day or ride shotgun, you know, at a racing school or or a ride along or something. But for those of us that have, I wonder if you got on that roller coaster, maybe closed your eyes, maybe not. And it ran, but then also it had, you know, a McLaren 765 LT soundtrack to it. It'd be
1: very interesting because yeah. your adrenaline would, would have a choice as to which one, which which to follow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, yeah.
0: Yeah. It would, I don't know. It, it, it would be yeah. kind of interesting to see if that number changes. I'm sure somebody's done research on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, the, the Lucid seems interesting. haven't had a chance to drive it yet. The Teslas I've driven, not the Plaid. Uh, I, I think we'll get into this more with Alistair. Uh, everyone's coming back now with um, uh, the driving impressions of the Hummer EV, which uh, so far what I've seen. Uh, so some of the, I guess the driving impressions were embargoed. So, But overall, people were like, Wait! Wait until you you get in this thing. This thing is nuts. Uh, My question still for everyone is: Does it stop? I mean, and where you gonna put it? Yeah, it's it's nine thousand pounds, and I get the motors, and it's fast, and it's cool, and the top comes off, and it's crab walk. And I think the crab walk commercial with the crab are funny, and they're all like cheering at the end, like hey, it's a crab. Uh, I thought that's funny. I was like, I want to know when you launch this thing zero to sixty in three seconds does it stop? Like, what are they doing to make that thing?
1: I'm sure it stops. The question is how fast. it stop? That's
0: right. Like I, listen, if you come to me and go, Oh yeah, this thing's a pig around Willow Springs. It's like, of course, who cares? It's not what oh. it's for. I was sure. like, but I just want to know, does, can this thing hit the brakes? I mean, like what's it going to take to hit the brakes? And I don't know, tire wear, like what's going on with 9,000 pounds. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Each one comes with a tire
0: sponsor. I mean, it seems like it. Uh, all right. Before we wrap up a couple of other things that popped up in the news, you guys know the Ford GT Ford has done heritage edition of the car throughout the years. And, um, for this last run, they are doing the uh, Holman Moody car this is the third place car when they when the 3 GTs of GT40s crossed the line at Le Mans 1966 this is the gold one with kind of the orangey red stripe on it uh looks cool so to pay tribute to that car this is going to be the uh the Holman Moody 4 GT that you can get the new one now in this package and it looks cool i'm sure uh somebody out there who's very 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 well funded has all the heritage cars and uh and gets to look at them and go hey look i just recreated the finish line of the 1966 le mans but i spent six million dollars doing it to get (laughs) to get these to get these three cars (laughs) uh anyway it looks it looks fantastic um And the other side of the coin, the Ford Maverick, which is the least expensive vehicle in the Ford lineup currently, uh, I believe. Uh, Spy photos are coming out. Now, the Ford Maverick, rave reviews, seems to be selling well to the extent that you can get it because of blah, 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 chip issues, supply chain issues, all that stuff. But uh, some uh, spy photos are coming up showing – a couple different features in the front of the grill, maybe an intercooler, um, uh, dual exhaust in the back. So we could be looking at uh, potentially a hotter version of the Maverick. I'm not saying Maverick Raptor, but uh, the Radler version, which they they just did the off-road version of that for the F-150, something along the lines of that. Um, I don't know if it's meant to be, an off-road high-performance version. It could be a high-performance street truck version, you know, like why lift it and put big tires on it when you can drop it an inch and put a street tire on it. That could be kind of fun. Maybe all-wheel drive Maverick, you know, little, hot little mini truck. Uh-huh. Uh, could be could be interesting. But yeah, it's looking like um, Ford is at least testing some options on that truck. So, it yeah, could be interesting. Like we, I got in one, I didn't, I didn't drive it yet. They had them up at Barrett Jackson when we went out there in, in January in Scottsdale. And, uh, and yeah, got a, got a cousin that bought one. He's like, yeah, we're just around New Mexico. We wanted to buy one and tows a little tiny trailer with it and loves it. And been putting thousands of miles on it. So yeah, seems to be, seems to be good. So All before
1: right. we go, uh, make sure in the next couple of weeks, uh, leading up to the 25th, I think of, of, uh, April, uh, excuse me, of April, of May. Um, actually no, the 25th of this month. So there's like two weeks left. Go to dodge garage.com. I was at, uh, formerly Bondurant these last, this last week. And we, uh, took the chief donut maker competition from 10 down to the chief donut maker that we chose. So, uh, we'll be, it's kind of a webisode. Webisodes uh, yeah. up on garage dot com in the next coming weeks. So uh, go check it out, man. See it'd be day. fun.
0: It'd be fun to check out sort of the 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 process of. Process of of you know, these uh these guys and girls going out there and thrashing cars around and kind of making their pitch. And I'm I get it, they gotta be charismatic. It's sort of the American idol of donut making. <laughs> well, I say donut making, but you know what in I all, mean? But in all
1: honesty, you know, the donut making part of it was was uh, was only one facet. It didn't weigh in heavily uh it's it just it was the overall package is what Dodge is looking for. So
0: yeah. Listen, it I, I think fun, it's, I think it's a.
1: Bite some tires up. It was a good time.
0: That's what I'm saying. I think uh, you get to hang out with like-minded people that love you uh, love cars and 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 doing this stuff and be able to have some cool conversations. So I'm excited to see how that that plays out. And I agree with you. I kind of want to see the whole process and the selection process and get a little excited about who's gonna who's gonna win that thing. So, um, cool. Dodge Maybe. Garage, right? Dodge Garage is... is. Dodge
1: Garage. Oh, yes, sir. I'll have it on my on all my platforms, but
0: all right. um, that's
1: the main place to go check it out.
0: DodgeGarage.com Alright, we're going to wrap things up. Our website CarCastShow.com. We appreciate you guys uh, swinging by there. Uh, you can follow me at Motorator on Instagram, and he's uh, Goldberg Nine Five Goldberg's Garage on Instagram as well. You'll see a lot of this stuff and the stuff we're driving. I'll post up the Escalade and uh, another stuff. And I swapped the Escalade for the Cadillac CT5 Blackwing, nice with the manual transmission. Drove it Let here today. Know, Let um, me know.
1: That's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool. It's impressive. We did the CT4 Blackwing, which I really like. This is the bigger, batter version of it. Uh, uh, impressive so far, but I want to get a few more days into it, so we'll talk about it probably next week. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCastShow. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. Would you love to save money on insurance? Of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renter's coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus... Add the easy-to-use Geico mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance and the switch to Geico becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.